from American Falls to Milad, we've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho PrepCast with Jordan K. That's right. Welcome into the Southeast Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, your weekly destination for all things District 5 athletics. I'm Brandon Bainey, and I'm joined by the guy who always sweeps the corners, Jordan K. What's going on, Jordan? Heck yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Doing real good. So Jordan is a, a sports writer at the Idaho State Journal in Pocatello, in case you missed our debut episode last week where we kind of got to know Jordan a little bit better. Uh, what's What's been going on down at the paper this week? Um, trying to hit as many of these fall camps as we can. So, you know, going throughout district five, you know, calling coaches, trying to get out to their practices and, um, you know, we're going to have a preview, uh, little section in the paper out before high school football season starts jam packed with, you know, every preview from just about every team. And so, you know, right now is, uh, collecting all of that information and so we can get that going. Yeah, two-a-day started on Monday, so you've already been making the rounds to, to various camps, right? Yes, uh, Highland, Pocatello on Monday. Today will probably be Snake River and Blackfoot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> The dog likes that. Yeah. Wow, I was insane. like, oh, crap, you got to leave. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and then you're also doing a lot with Idaho State University also, right? Yeah, so their uh, you know fall camp started last Friday. Um, they're they're getting going a little bit, but you know it's going to be an interesting season for them because you know oh they return their you know starting quarterback, but heck everyone returns everyone from this year. I mean, not many people in the Big Sky left, so that's going to be kind of an interesting um, thing to watch out for. Is like everyone got their year back from COVID. How is that going to impact recruiting, and how is that going to impact you know their play on the field? So yeah, those will bunch of fun stuff going on yeah i'm really intrigued to see how the big sky conference handles the because they all just did this in the spring and then the yeah. short turnaround back to the fall that'll be yeah that'll be interesting to watch so so let's uh we're not we're not here to talk about isu Bengals. <laughs> this is the uh district five prep cast here on idahosports.com and i think any discussion that that starts when you talk about the football teams in this area i think you have to start down in dayton with the west yeah. side pirates they are a 2a powerhouse they, yeah. they won the title again last year and you know, they bring back a lot of talented players. Yeah, you know, I think everyone looks at it and they're like, oh, you know, Westside lost the their stud linebacker and Tate Stegelmeyer, who even last year was kind of playing hurt a little bit. But, I mean, you really couldn't tell what they – they shut out Firth in the, the state championship game 39 nothing. I think they only had like two games where the opponent scored more than seven points or something like that. It, it was just – an incredible defensive performance. And, you know, we talked to like Tyson Moser and, you know, he's kept that defensive staff pretty set. He doesn't really touch them. He doesn't, you know, go and micromanage or try and do much with them. And it, man, it just works. I don't know if it's because they have just better athletes. A lot of it though, just seems to be the scheme. The guys in that defense, they buy into what their coaching staff is telling them to do. And then they just execute it. I mean, it, it does help when you've got athletes and their offense isn't, you know, too shabby. Blaze Brown's a solid quarterback. He makes the right decisions. Cage Brokens is a power back who can just about at any point go off for about 10 to 20 yards. And then you've got arguably one of the best athletes in the state in uh, Ryla Shirtliff, who, I mean, <laughs> is just a, a monster. He was the only kid in the state to be an all-state selection at three different positions. He did it as a wide receiver, 
think is a safety and then as like a punter. So, I mean, the kid, he, I mean, I saw him in basketball season. He's just a tall, lengthy kid who can move pretty, you know, free and just gets to his spots like no one's business. It's uh, it's a really fun team to watch. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how they, how the other teams in 2A respond to them. You know, I know Bear Lake lost uh, Owen Tusher. That's going to be a big one. He was a, a quarterback um, who pretty much gave that defense, you know, their biggest test of the season. Uh, last season, Westside only came out with a 7 nothing win against Bear Lake. And, you know, I think that was a uh, kind of like a moral victory for the Bears. It was like, hey, guys, you know, this is the best team in the state. They don't get, you know, first of all, they don't hold people uh, you know, if if not for a couple of Bear Lake turnovers, that game would have been a lot closer. And the other thing is, you know, the Bear Lake defense holding, you know, Blaze Brown and Bryler Shirtliff and Cage Brokens to seven points. It was like, oh, hey, you know, that's a pretty good thing to do. And so that's going to be an interesting thing. Can the other teams in 2A District 5 kind of catch up and get on West Side's level? And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, so I think when we try to identify what makes Westside so good, I think it's a, a confluence of all the things you just said. Yes, they have good athletes, but yeah. but so do a lot of two A programs across the state, right? Yeah. The 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 key is coupling the good athletes with a great coaching staff, and like you yeah. said, the schemes. I think Westside out schemes pretty much every other uh, team they come across, and and that's yeah. why you know those seven nothing games they they don't sweat it. I mean they're they're never. There's yeah. never a lack of confidence where they feel, oh, oh man, yeah. we're really in trouble. Yeah, because it just seems like the, the way they keep playing, something's going to go their way. They're going to get an interception. They're going to fall on a fumble. They're going to get a team to punt when at the 50-yard line when they don't want to. And, yeah, it's like, you know, I think they realize they can outlast teams. Yeah, so that offense they run the wing T. That's the same offense that uh, my high school team ran. So I, really? I know it I know it well. And yeah. the, the idea is to – kind of lull you to sleep you know you'll have a two yard plunge by the fullback you'll have a two yard runoff tackle and then you know it's three yards two yards four yards then all of a sudden boom you hit like a like a 60 yard run and that's where the defense has to be ready on every single play because you never know which play is going to be the the big one that breaks it and that that's what makes their offense so fun to watch as well cage brokens is uh, great in the open field well the other thing is i mean their time when you run that wing t the time of possession is just ridiculous sometimes i mean there'll be games where they have two-thirds of the the clock on their side and it's like geez like you know if you're the other team how do you even win if, when you don't have the ball so yeah it's a it's an interesting team to watch yeah we're working on our uh, statewide football previews for every single football team across the state on idahosports.com we got about uh 70 of the teams up so if you don't see your favorite team yet keep checking back because we're getting more and more of these preseason forms back from coaches and along with that we've got these preseason coaches polls of how the coaches think the conference is going to shake out and those are kind of fluid is is if we haven't heard from every single coach a team that's number four today could be number two depending on how the other coaches vote but right now with four of the five coaches having reported back to us in in uh, district five from 2a Aberdeen is the team that coaches have picked to finish second behind Westside. I really? think that I think that's interesting. Aberdeen kind of had an up and down year last year, but I think they've got lots of potential. Really? Yeah, that's uh that's kind of surprising. And you know, I think that's where the wide openness of that division 
Um, you know, I haven't looked too much into West or Aberdeen. I know they're, you know, coach Jeff Duffin does a pretty good job over there. So that, that would be pretty interesting. You know, can they jump over Bear Lake? You know, I don't think Malad had a, you know, a great showing last year. Neither did Soda Spring. So yeah, you kind of get into that, that mode. And I believe that, you know, two a district five, they send two teams to state. Is that right? Yes. So realistically, it's just fighting for that second spot, which, you know, that's going to be the, the, the big thing this year, not really who can cement West side, who can get in that second spot. Yeah. Um, you, you, you mentioned Malad, they've got a new coach now, Lucas yeah. Thorne. And so whenever there's a new coach, you know, that that's always a, a good opportunity for a team to break through as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree that race for second place, I think is going to be pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, Cause, I, cause Aberdeen has that, the linebackers at Brody Beck. That, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know he leads the defense, but who on their offense kind of has been uh, touted as guys that could really carry him this year? Yeah, so so Aberdeen, you know, when you look at what they what they did last year, like like so many teams, it was such a weird year because of COVID nineteen, right? Yeah. So you look at Beck uh, offensively; he's going to play quarterback and running back also. So he, you know, in two A, you have a lot of two way athletes. Yeah, so he's he's going to be uh, really set on the offensive side. They've got uh, Justice Bright back, who also played quarterback and running back. So they've okay. got they've got good athletes, um, and and they've really got some good offensive linemen as well. You know, Kale Harris and Jose Barba and and some guys like that. So I think offensive line, the running game and the linebackers, yeah. it's it's going to be pretty solid. The Aberdeen went four and five last year. Yeah. Because so, I remember looking at it, uh, our all area teams, Brody Beck at linebacker, I think he was a second team selection and was the only Aberdeen player to make our list. So um, yeah, that that's kind of the guy who I remember sticking out. Yeah, and they started strong last year. They would they they started four and one, and they had some wins over like American Falls and Declo, which is a really good two A team. And then they they went they ended the year on a four game losing streak and just couldn't couldn't put it together. So yeah, yeah. optimism high at Aberdeen, that's for sure. So let's talk about uh, you made the rounds on Monday. You went to Highland, yes. the the Rams, always competitive in the High Country Conference District yeah. Five and Six for five A football. I think. You know, it's going to be Highland and Rigby. It's it's been that way the last couple of seasons. But where where what what is the feeling around Highland Camp with head coach Gino Mariani? That was the the interesting thing because I kind of figured it was going to be like this feeling of complete turnover. Okay, you lost your quarterback in Easton Durham. You lost you know one of the best running backs in program history in Caleb Demuzio. You lost Logan George, who got a scholarship offer to. Utah State. You lost Luke Togia, you know, the brother of Tommy who, you know, had college offers. You lost all these pieces. How are you going to replace them? And then it's like you talk to Gino and he's like, yeah, I think we're, you know, farther along this year at this point than we were last year. And it's like, what? And, and I think they've really bought into the scheme. And it's a lot of, you know, guys who came up through the program and are really bought into it. You've got a new quarterback, Jack Whitmer. He's a senior, but last season, you know, Gino thought highly of a, enough of him that he was the week one starter. I mean, they really thought he was going to be the guy, and he doesn't have the, um, you know, running ability that Easton Durham did. And he got in some trouble early on last season, and they ended up, you know, benching him for Durham. And talking with Jack, it was like, yeah, that was a real learning lesson. Like, I realize I got to come out here every day, bust my chops and realize that there's someone behind me who could take my job. 
So that was kind of really interesting, you know, maturity from a high school kid of not really sulking over getting benched last season, but rather like, how do I turn this into a learning experience? So I didn't, you know, you didn't see a ton of him at, you know, just to practice, but you know, he looked good. He, he under Gino was saying he understands the offense, you know, better than anyone just because he's been in it for so long and had to have such a, a grasp of it last season. And then on the defensive side, you know, uh, Nick Sorrell's defense has, you know, always been pretty, pretty stout and they've don't exactly have the same um, top tier skill guys, but you know, there's a, a defensive lineman like Cody Colvin who moves around, you know, basically like he's like a, a gazelle out there. I mean, just long legs strides that are just like six feet deep and he's just getting into the backfield like crazy. And then they got a, a cornerback, Adam Jones, who's, I think, uh, you know, an all state selection at cornerback last season, he understands the defense really well. And he's kind of the, the leader of the secondary kind of doling out, you know, responsibilities to different guys and understanding, Hey, you know, you do this when I do this and trying to, you know, get everyone on the same page. So, yeah, I was kind of surprised. They seem to be, you know, pretty far along. Yeah. I think offensively Highland, uh, you know, you talked about the losing the quarterback and running back, but outside of that, they, they return a lot. I mean, wow. Raymond Barella uh, played receiver last year. Jackson Schumann's a good slot back. They return some good offensive linemen, you know, Ian Allen's a solid yeah. O-lineman up front. Yeah. I, I really do think if it's, it's on the defense. If the Highland defense can come yeah. together, replacing a lot of guys, I, I think sky's the limit for Highland. The, yeah. the guys you mentioned that are back for Highland on defense I, were kind of complimentary players last year. You know, when you think of the studs yeah. last year, it was guys like Logan George, yeah. Luke Togiai, Easton Eddie, guys like that. Yeah. Um, and so can those complimentary players now become the guy this year? That's going to be the biggest key, I think. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely the question. But I, I think there's part of it, too, where the coaching staff almost likes it. It's like you don't have the ultra insane athleticism of a Logan George. You guys are now going to have to rely on the scheme. You have to do all these things right because, you know, rarely is your just speed or athleticism or something going to, you know, just take over in a way that Logan George was able to. So I think there's, you know, part of a positive in that. And I guess we'll see pretty early on how that's going to work because they've got, you know, the defending state champions the first week against Rocky Mountain. So that that'll be a, a real litmus test early on. Yeah, that's like a week zero game. It's going to be yeah. Saturday, uh, August 21st. So like like 10 days from now. That whole arena too, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Did Gino tell you how that came together? No, he didn't really mention how it came together, but it was weird because he was, you know, already like, yeah, I don't know how many benefits there are of, you know, having this game this early, but, <laughs> you know, I, I guess he, it gets everyone on the same page and they've already started watching film of Rocky and, um, going through all that type of stuff. But yeah, I, I didn't hear how it came together or how they, they got that going, but man, it's, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. And then after that, they, they turn around and they play uh, in the Rocky mountain rumble against Alta high school from Utah. Yeah. And the thing with those Utah schools is they uh, start two weeks ahead of Idaho. So by the time, you know, Highland has played two games, Alta yeah. high will have played three. Yeah. or or uh, four even so. for another two weeks right yes yeah yeah so so that's always interesting too and, th and then they play logan high as well and then they play the crosstown rivals and then they get into conference play oh, how do you think the conference shakes out this year rigby uh brings back a lot of talent yeah. you know i'm hearing a lot of buzz about thunder ridge people are really high on yeah. madison's got a new coach i mean what do you what do you think of the conference 
it's going to be interesting because you have so much unknown. I believe it is Rigby is, is Tiger Adolfo still there? Yes. So that's, that's kind of the team that I think has the most stability, at least at that position. Like, you know, you, you talk about Thunder Ridge is obviously they, they look pretty solid last year, but then you got the new coach at Madison. You got a new quarterback at Highland. I think Rigby's probably the, the favorites in that division. You even look what they did last year. I mean, that game against Highland, Highland had chances, but I mean, Rigby, their, their work in the trenches and then the play at Tiger Adolfo pretty much sealed that game. Um, so I think it's probably Rigby one who can kind of compete for that second spot or, you know, can someone overtake them? Realistically, all it's going to come down to is can someone beat Rigby head to head? I mean, that's probably going to, you know, decide the, the district. I don't know. What do you, how do you see that shaking out? Yeah, I think it's going to be just like we've seen the last two years, Highland and Rigby and winning that matchup and winning the conference is so important because you get to stay home for so much longer. You know, Highland took second last year and had to travel in the quarterfinal round and the way the bracket is predetermined. Oh, they just happened to have to travel the Rocky. Those were probably two of the five best teams in the state, but they're playing in a quarterfinal matchup. So winning the conference is paramount and I, i'm sure gino feels that way because then you get a lot of home games you're you're back in holt arena this year which is an advantage and yeah i, I think it's going to come down to those two teams at the top yeah and then the other thing too is if you win it you get the buy to start yeah so it was like you know i know they didn't have too tough of a time uh highland in their first game but you know it was a little close at halftime you had to have caleb demuzio get like 45 carries it's like these are things that you know, maybe don't, if you single them out, aren't a huge deal. But if you're like, you know, we need to play for three more weeks to win a state championship, all of a sudden, you know, those carries, those extra time start adding up. And so, yeah, it it might just come down to that Rigby Highland game again. Yeah, that first round game against Meridian last year was wild. The wind was just blowing oh, all over the place. And so cool. I think finally Gino was like, I've had enough. I'm just going to give it to Caleb. And, <laughs> you know, like you said, yeah. I think it was like 45 carries. in the game. It was, they like hardly <laughs> ever threw the ball. It yeah. was too much. So like, nope, we're not doing this. Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. Yeah. So uh, let, let's talk about Pocatello. Optimism yeah. is really high at uh, Pokey, the uh, Pocatello uh, Thunder, uh, getting ready for their new season uh, as a new mascot and logo yeah. i promised that i was going to uh, upload the logo so while i do that tell me a little bit about what you saw from pocatello uh at camp so far yeah i i he showed me the, the logo too i liked it but uh the the first thing that sticks out is they've got a new guy at quarterback it's uh not zach park anymore it's going to be ryan Payne. and you know is that a decision that dave spillett came up with no apparently it wasn't Zach Park and Ryan Payne decided like between themselves, Zach wanted to play wide receiver because he thought that's where he was best at. And Ryan was like, oh, I'll give quarterback a, a shot. So they went to, you know, coach Spillett in the winter and we're like, hey, you know, this is our our plan. Can we make this happen? Dave's like, sure. Like he had hesitation for one weird reason that Ryan Payne really couldn't throw a football. It was you know, these screen passes, these little things were just going straight into the ground. So in the winter, right after Ryan gets done with basketball season, he and Dave Spillett are going into the, the Pocatello gym, work, just working on the mechanics of throwing. How do you grip a football? How do you, how many, you know, steps do you take back in your drop? What 
foot are you planting on? How are you coming over the top? And so they had to kind of rework the entire mechanics of Ryan Payne's, you know, throwing uh, motion. And now he looks like a guy who could sling the ball about 55 yards down the field. It's kind of crazy to watch the, how that transformation goes. I would have liked to have seen like a, you know, a montage of from the beginning to the end. So that part's going to make their offense more dynamic. They've got receivers like Kay Jensen. They're going to try and have Hunter Killian play uh, tight end a little bit. And then they've got a, a running back, a small guy, uh, Echo Hawk, who's not really so small anymore. He gained like 25 pounds. The dude looks like he has like 2% body fat. Wow. He's, like, he's not super tall, maybe like 5'7", 5'8", but man, he just looks like a rock out there. And so they're going to, you know, expect that he gets the ball a lot, that he's able to break runs, and that the offense is like, hey, you know, Ryan, you're a new quarterback. Here's your safety blanket right here. And, you know, Ryan had a good season last year. I think he had 400, 500 yards. But, you know, now he's a sophomore that looks like a senior, and it's going to be like, oh, hey, let's see how that goes. And then obviously, you know, that you've got the defense who's always led by Hunter Killian, who finally got an offer from Montana tech. I'm a little surprised more schools haven't followed heading into his senior year, but yeah, he, he looks like a stud as ever. And, and he wanted to get on that offensive side of the ball, but what are your, I mean, you've watched Killian a couple times. Like what are your impressions? What makes him so good? Yeah. So I got to start by saying uh, we've been throughout the off season doing these top 10 lists and, and listing the top 10 <laughs> yeah. players in the state of Idaho by position. Right. So we started back in July with the offensive linemen and then we went to top 10 defensive linemen. And uh, this week we did top 10 uh, defensive backs. And next week we'll wrap up our final one with the top 10 quarterbacks. But uh, a couple of weeks ago we did the top 10 linebackers and uh, boy, as soon as we published that list Pocatello fans, and that's what we want. We, we want uh, discussion among, Amongst us and the fans saying, Hey, how come you didn't pay attention to this player? Or you're, you're not showing our team any respect. I want that conversation to happen, but man, the Pocatello fans definitely let me hear it because I totally like, I totally had a brain cramp and I forgot completely about Hunter Killian. I just, and that's kind of, I think he makes so many spectacular plays and may, racks up so many tackles that it is easy to like what he does. It would be extraordinary for a lot of other players, mm -hmm. but because he does it so often, it, it kind of becomes almost like run of the mill and you kind of don't think about it, but you expect it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so I, I, I was like, well, do I add him to the list? I was like, I can't do that. It's top 10. I've made my bed. I got a lie in it. So this is my mea culpa to, to Pocatello nation. I messed up. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot Hunter Killian. I messed up. He should have been on the top 10 list. And I apologize. I don't know that that's going to be, he, he doesn't need any more motivation to go have a great yeah, season. Yeah, that's he doesn't really care what I think. I don't, I mean, but I, th I think he's going to be outstanding. He'll be an all state linebacker and I, the more offers should come in. I think as the season progresses. Definitely. Yeah. And so the, I guess the question for the Pocatello defense is, can everyone else kind of get on his level? And that's going to be the question. Do you guys, is there enough pieces in the trenches that can compete against these other 4A offensive lines? You know, is Matt Christensen at, in the secondary, you know, is that going to be enough? Is that enough athleticism to really just compete against some of these other schools? And I think that's the question for Pocatello. It's pretty simple. Yeah, they've got they've got skill guys galore. I think it's going to be they'll go as far as their linemen take them. And I know I noticed yeah. on the offensive line they were very thin there last year yeah. uh, in terms of depth. 
And that is really what affected them in that regular season ending loss to century. And then the first round loss to Bishop Kelly, they just were down a couple of linemen, didn't have the, the quality reserves to, to step in. And I know coach Spillett is, is trying to make that area better. It looks like Jackson Williams, who was a great tight end last year has moved to the offensive line full time. And then, yeah. And then Killian's going to go and try and play a little bit on at tight end. And yeah, you know, Dave was saying like, we don't have a lot of depth in the trenches and we're probably may never have a lot of depth (laughs) in the trenches. So his big thing this off season was like, we need to get these guys more ready to play. So they were in the weight room pretty much, you know, all winter long trying to get in there. And then also like doing um, like agility stuff with like the wide receivers and like, okay, working on your footwork, things like that. And just making sure they were as versatile and as big as possible, knowing that, you know, if they go down, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys behind them who can, you know, fill in. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I think Pocatello has a lot of reason to be excited this year. Let me see if I can pull this up. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's the new Pocatello logo. So give us the breakdown here, Jordan. I like it. I mean, it's kind of like the Buffalo Bills without that little line across it. And then you got the cool little P. Yeah, I think it's pretty sweet, actually. And Dave's whole thing is like uh, into the storm is their mantra. Really kind of, you know, taking hold of the the bison mascot and turning that into a real um, thing that the program can – kind of rally around like that's going to be our our thing is you know we're going into the storm like bison do because thunder's a little tough i mean it's a sound like what are are you going to do with thunder but the bison thing you know he seems to really enjoy that and he did a lot of research on you know bison and what they do to kind of find something that he could relate to a program that has 100 years plus years of history yeah, it's it's going to be exciting for Pocatello this fall, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to watching them compete. I, I think this was a good starting point. We kind of started with the teams yeah. we think are going to be really strong this year: West Side, Highland, Pocatello. Uh, maybe next week we can talk about teams we think could be sleepers, dark horses, teams we think that could could break through and and surprise yeah. some people this year. Definitely, yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds awesome. Okay. All right. Jordan K with the Idaho State Journal. Uh, what, what what should we keep an eye out for at IdahoStateJournal.com or, or in the paper uh, in the next week? What do you got going on? In the next week, we've got uh, the, the Gate City Grays, our local semi-pro team, you know, in the playoffs right now. That's going on. And then uh, this, you know, still doing the previews part. So we're going to see if we can, you know, get a couple of those online before they go into the, the physical paper. And so it's going to be kind of gearing up for a lot of high school stuff right now. All right. It is a busy time of year. That's for sure. Uh, Jordan K as always, thank you for joining us here on the Southeast Idaho prep cast. You can get the audio for this uh, at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcast. You can also see the video. If you want to see what the Pocatello logo looks like, check out the video of this podcast uh, on our YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page until next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Southeast Idaho prep cast here on idahosports.com.